0: Just in case you were wondering where we are, let them know. going on, ladies and gentlemen. This is your boy, Crawford. How's everybody doing our day-to-day lesson? I am so, so excited to welcome you to the Child Welfare Raising Awareness Podcast. Listen, y'all, this is the podcast that keeps you in the know about all things child welfare. This podcast is brought to you by Tuskegee University, the Department of Social Work, And I will be your host, that's right, your boy Croft. So if you are a student, current childcare professional, educator, or parent, Know this, you have landed in the right place because this is the podcast show where we will raise awareness about interesting child welfare related topics. Now listen, I will be bringing on various guest experts to discuss real-world topics that relate to child welfare just to equip you for practice. I must say, y'all, it's going to be quite interesting to say the least. I look forward to seeing you soon this is your boy Croft. We'll be hollering at you later. Ha <laughs> Peace. Good deal. Good deal. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Your boy Croft right here. Hey, listen, y'all. I'm so glad you're with us. Hey, listen, this is the podcast about everything child welfare. And we have some wonderful guests on. And today, y'all, today, we got we got a guest today, like no other. I mean, you know, when she decided to come on, it was just absolutely marvelous. Today, y'all, today, y'all, we got Miss Trinity Smith. Now, I mean, you know, I don't know if y'all know Miss Trinity Smith, but Miss Trinity Smith, she's an alumni. And y'all, you know, she knows a little bit about Tuskegee University. You know what I'm saying? Hey, listen, you know, she She's a 2022 BSW alumni if, uh, and, and, and a TU, na- and a TU uh, alumni and a native of Georgia. Now, you know, I'm going to get into all that. I'm going to get into all that. And she currently works internationally. So without further ado, y'all, we're going to get this thing started. Trinity Smith, how are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? Hey, it's the greatest day of my life. Now, you know, I I always say it's the greatest day of my life because, you know, tomorrow's a promissory note that you may not ever see, and yesterday is a canceled check. So all I got is right now, and, uh, you know, we go make the best of it. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Good deal. Good deal. So now, Trinity, Trinity, let's, let's talk to you a little bit. Let's talk to you a little bit. Now, tell us why. You chose Tuskegee University and the social work major.
1: Well, when I was applying to university, Tuskegee was the only HBCU that I applied to. Mm -hmm. But when I was applying to all the other institutions, I thought I need to apply to at least one HBCU. And then when I was thinking, okay, which HBCUs have I heard of? Do I know are supposed to be good? Tuskegee was the first thing that popped in my mind. So I went on the website and after looking at what they had to offer, I decided to apply. Mm -hmm. Um, I chose social work because I was talking to a friend one day and she mentioned that I would make a good humanitarian, but I've heard of the word, but I didn't really know what it was. So I looked it up and it's just someone who's kind of concerned about social welfare. And I thought that that really aligned up with who I was. So I looked up, okay, well, how can I be a professional humanitarian. How can I make this a career? And I saw that social work was the major to choose.
0: Hmm. Hmm. So humanitarian, huh? Humanitarian. So you said you had to look that one up, right? (laughs) Yes. Good deal. Good deal. Hey, listen, listen, that's a wonderful thing. So tell us about your study, a semester abroad experience in Sydney, Australia. My God. Now, when did you go to Sydney? And and, and and I need to know why you went. Well, I went the fall
1: semester of my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. But when I started at Tuskegee, I had never really thought about studying abroad. It wasn't really something that I had heard that much about. I've just always loved traveling in general. But I happened to go to the global fair that Dr. Collier hosts And when I was walking around talking to the advisors that came out, it seemed like something that might actually be possible. Um, So I was looking through the pamphlets. I was researching the universities I could go to, the countries I could go to, and trying to find who had a solid social work program. And I've always been interested in other cultures, Asian cultures in particularly. But I decided to go to Australia because it was my first time away. And I wanted to be somewhere where they spoke
0: English. Wow. Wow. So, so, so what I'm saying is you, that's a long way to go. That's a long way to go. And I mean, you went over to Australia. You seen the kangaroos. I did. I ate some too. What? Get out of here. Get out of here. They eat kangaroo over there. Really? Really? So they, so they jump around and people catch them and eat them, huh? Mm -hmm. Just like roadkill. Really? Get out, Get out of here. So I mean, Australia, that's like a day difference, right? From yes, where it you're is from. I, I, I was reading you was a native from Georgia. What part of Georgia was that? Columbus, Georgia. Oh, okay. You are you right down there in Columbus, Georgia. So I mean, I'm just I'm just fascinated with, with Australia. So it was your first time away, you said, right? Yeah, it was my first time going away by myself. How how did the parents handle that?
1: Well, I did a lot of research before I went. So I my mom knows me. So she knows that I'm not going to try to jump into anything unsafe because I have to make sure everything is good. Everything is planned and everything's safe before I'm going to travel halfway across the world to, you know, go to a different place.
0: Mm. So how long did it take you to get acclimated in, in Australia?
1: It honestly didn't take that long, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, the program that I went with, they were there to support. And they gave us a welcome event. And there was a small group of us. I think there was only five women who were at the university. I went to the University of New South Wales in Sydney. Mhm, mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. So tell us about Teach America.
1: Teach America? Oh, uh, The program is um, Teach and Learn in Korea
0: hmm.
1: So after I came back from Australia and then I did um, a national student exchange program also, I was wanting to go back abroad because I loved um, Sydney so much, but I didn't want to pay for another program, if I'm honest. So I was like, there has to be a way that it could either be free or maybe even I could get paid to go mm-hmm. abroad somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just looked it up without actually thinking that anything would pop up, just how to get paid to live abroad. What can I do? And a program called Epic came up, which is called English Program in Korea. Mm -hmm. But you have to have your bachelor's for that. So I was just looking over it. I was like, okay, well, in two years, maybe I can apply for this. And I saw in the requirements that it said you need at least a bachelor's and a certain certificate or sometime in this thing called the talk program, which is the teaching learning Korea, So I looked into what that was. And I saw you can go there with just two years of your into being two years into your bachelor's. Mm -hmm. So two years ago, I went, and I thought I would only stay for a year or a year and a half. But I ended up staying two years, um, working in a rural area with um, elementary school kids teaching English. And it was a really
0: rewarding job. It wasn't. Now, you got to tell me a little bit about that. I mean, way over there teaching English to elementary school kids. Tell me, how were you received being from America?
1: Well, I was expecting, again, I do research before I go places. So I was looking up, Okay, black girl in Korea, black women in Korea, what they experienced. So I kind of was already expecting Someone might come touch your hair. You don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. So I was kind of prepared for the worst. Okay. But when I got to my town, surprisingly, no one was really paying that much attention to me. Oh, my. So my town was kind of like a golden spot. I don't know how I ended up there. Because when I go other places, I do get stared at a lot. I do have people come touch my hair or they are really curious about me. But... It's never felt malicious, uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell like, oh, don't, you know, don't touch me, please. But no one's was ever mean to me for my race or for Mm -hmm. being American, being American over there.
0: So so the learning, is it different over there than it is over here? I mean, you know, as far as the social work and everything.
1: Hmm. I would say. For social work, what I've heard, because I did meet a social worker, it's a bit similar. But in general, like I was teaching English and they have foreign languages taught to them from third grade until the end of high school, where America doesn't really focus on teaching foreign languages that much. You might have to have two credits in high school, but that's it. But Mm -hmm. for them, it's, you know, 10 years straight of learning English.
0: Really? really so so how do these experiences that you've had internationally relate to social work and how does your work relate to child welfare
1: well i think when i went abroad before i went abroad i kind of had my own idea of certain concepts that i was learning in social work classes like race and ethnicity and poverty And then I went to Sydney and I realized like there's a whole this continent has like a whole different structure of race or like a whole different understanding or experience with race and with poverty. And no one ever called me black. They just said I was American, which I wasn't used to. Really? Yes. And I did go there because they had a good social work program, but I kind of went to just enjoy Sydney more. But once I got there and in my classes, all the classes I took were social research, social work related classes and reading the textbooks, I was noticing a lot of similarities, but I was noticing a lot of differences, too. In like they have their own their indigenous population is what resembles most you know, the Black American population. Mm -hmm. So I got to see how that translates and how, you know, different countries have their own different structures. So that was really interesting to learn as far as social work goes. The job that I just finished with Teach and Learn in Korea relates to child welfare because that program specifically puts teachers into rural areas. And there's a huge discrepancy in access to education and access to other resources between the rural students and the city students in Korea. Um, So being able to be a part of a program that's focused on putting native speakers and getting those kids a genuine English education which can help them score better on their version of the SAT which is heavy on English and maybe help them better get into college and just it just can impact their entire future. It just felt like a really great program to be a part. of. Wow,
0: wow! Now, 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 Tiffany, tell me one of your most interesting, maybe bizarre moments over there. Uh, you know, doing the work that you do.
1: Hmm. Doing the work, I would say, as far as like re- being related to the kids goes. Mm-hmm. It would just be whenever I was in my town, and I was the only foreigner in my town, by the way. It was a very rural town, but I would just hear kids yelling, hello, teacher. And I'm like, where where are they? And I would look around and see them like a few blocks down. And I'm like, my first thought is always like, wait, how did they know it was me? But then I have to remember, oh, I'm the only brown person here.
0: Wow. Wow. So, I mean, you know, that's I guess that didn't take getting used to you being the only brown person there. That
1: that took a lot of getting used to, because, again, I knew the program was rural, but I wasn't expecting to be in a town like where I was the only foreigner like in the area.
0: Mm, mm. So was it times you almost like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Because evidently, you're you still strong, but were there times that you like, I don't know?
1: I don't know. But I think the first week, um, just going outside, I was like, mm, I'm not sure because I'm not fluent in Korean. <laughs> I don't think there's anyone in this town that speaks English.
0: Right, right. But
1: honestly, after, I would say within the first six months, people from the community really started like looking out for me, mm-hmm. even if they couldn't speak English if i just went to the store and they would give me some extra fruit for free or i went to the cafe and they you know gave me some extra coffee for free or just to i've even been invited to like cookouts with staff from like the grocery store and
0: that's wonderful
1: yes coworkers from my school also helped me a lot getting a good.
0: good deal good deal and and you know you you've already told us you had a little uh, kangaroo and uh Uh, I guess I'm. I'm assuming it tastes like chicken.
1: (laughs) It actually kind of tastes like beef. I was surprised. (laughs) Really? I was shocked because we went to like this. We went to the petting zoo first, so we got to like see the kangaroo, pet the kangaroo, feed the kangaroo, and then we went on this hike. And after the hike, they were barbecuing stuff, and we were. And they were like, "Oh, this is you know kangaroo." I was like, "What?" They were just (laughs) petting the kangaroo, and now you're barbecuing it.
0: Wow. Wow. Hey, listen, you know, if, you know, if you're speaking, speaking to the students, speaking to the students at uh, Tuskegee University, you know, what would you tell them if they're on the fence about traveling abroad as far as this social work thing going, what, what would you tell them?
1: Honestly, I would say go out and do it. Honestly, if it, if you feel like it might be unsafe, obviously do your research, know where you're going. You have to know the culture. You have to know what's okay to do and what's not okay to do. And if there is going to be a language difference, I didn't know that much Korean, but I at least learned how to say, I need the police. I need the hospital. I need to go to the bathroom and I'm lost. Like Mm -hmm. you just Mm -hmm. need to have some type of basis. And then I would say, just go out there and try it. You really never know like what, what, amazing experiences might be waiting for you once you go somewhere else. And it really expands your horizons, in my opinion.
0: That's great. That's great advice, Tiffany. I mean, you know, it's you've been you've been incredible. You've been incredible. I mean, you know, you gave us a nice bit of information about what you do and everything. Now, before we get ready to get out of here, before we get ready to get out of here, is there someone or anyone you want to shout out to uh, say hello to?
1: Well, the first person would obviously be my mom. Shout her out for you know, supporting me and doing these crazy things, but have turned out to be such a blessing. Um, I'm really thankful to Dr. Jones, who has always been, you know, supporting me from behind, even though she maybe she didn't want me to go, maybe she wanted me to stay, but she was still, you know, there to write my recommendations always. And she's, you know, always sending me more opportunities. Uh, Dr. Collier also was so great in helping me figure out how to get abroad and like bridging that gap from having the goal and actually getting there. And actually, in general, I would also advise any student to just reach out to your staff in any area that you're interested in, even if it's not your major, reach out to the professors and let them know what your interests are because they have access to stuff that we might not know about, you know whether it's scholarships or internships, job opportunities or conferences, you can attend to build up your resume. If you just let them know like what you're interested in, they'll be in your corner and they'll be there to
0: help you. Beautiful, beautiful. Now being, uh, I know we're going to get ready to get out of here, but you in Australia, is that somewhere possibly you would like to stay?
1: It actually is. I actually would like to go back and maybe do an internship there because the study abroad program was only was three months, which was a long time, but not long enough for me to decide for sure. If it's somewhere that I would you know want to stay long term and maybe I was in like this happy little bubble just being on campus. So I do want to go back and at least intern and see if it's something I'd be interested in.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Tiffany, you have been absolutely incredible. I want to thank you so much for being a part of this podcast this this evening. Thank you so much. Hey, listen, y'all, y'all been listening to this podcast. I'm talking everything child welfare. I'm your host, y'all. This is your boy Croft. I want to thank you so much for your time this time. And until the next time, I hope it's better than the last, and as my dad would always say, you're never out of business when you mind your own. And this is your boy, Croc. We'll holler at you later. Peace. Thank you so very much for tuning into the Child Welfare Raising Awareness Podcast. This is the podcast, y'all, that keeps you in the know about all things child welfare. Oh, it was a great time, and we look forward to seeing you next time for another mind-stimulating conversation. And until then, remember, y'all, we strive for perfection, but if we have to settle, we only settle for excellence. This is your boy, Crawl. We'll talk to you later. Peace.